All right. How's everybody doing? Awesome. Good? <laughs> don't, don't cough. Don't cough. Uh, everybody awake? Yes. Kind of awake? Job. Apparently, last night was buy one, get 5,000 free fireworks at our house. Apparently, around the river was. <laughs> they were going off all night. And, uh, did they sell out? Wow. Lots of fireworks were out. Um, America, yeah. So uh, we heard those going all night. So hopefully y'all got some sleep. We, in our old neighborhood, I don't know who did it. I just I assume it was some kids. Um, the person at the end of the neighborhood was kind of a grouchy guy, and I assume he must have made somebody mad. But every year, either 4th of July or New Year's, at like 2 a.m., 1 or 2 a.m., someone would put a big brick of those whistling little missiles on his porch. <laughs> and every year, it, I'd forget about it, and it'd be Ah, what's going on? And it was like a thousand of those things. So that we've moved, so I don't know if that I don't think that's still going on, but those poor people in that neighborhood, man, every year seemed like he'd have put up a camera or something. I don't know. Anyway. So uh so yeah, speaking of loving your neighbor. <laughs> last week we uh we <laughs> speaking of loving your neighbor, last week we talked about Cain and Abel. Uh so no, we, we we talked about Cain and Abel, we also talked about um emotions, how we deal with our emotions, that we don't need to ignore them. It's not bad that you have emotions. Um, it's actually good. If you don't have any emotions, you really don't care about anything. You know, we want to, to recognize some of the emotions that we have. Um, what we, we discovered and we talked about last week was that's not the source, though. Our emotions are not the source of truth, necessarily, and we know that because um, we can watch a movie and see, you know, the music change or the, you know, the lights dim or, you know, something happens and we begin to get scared. And there's nothing for us to be afraid of, but in the... Uh, <laughs> His headphones came out. It's okay. He's not interested in Cain and Abel right now. All right. We'll get, we'll get to that soon. No, it's fine. I'm, uh, so anyway, so it's not, the, the emotions aren't bad. We just need to recognize them for what they are. Um, and we need to see that emotions can actually lead us to truth, right? So there can be some things that we feel that can lead us to a place where we recognize maybe there's an issue. Maybe there's an issue with me. Maybe there's an issue with somebody else. Maybe we need to work through some things. That, so there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but we don't need to, to find those emotions as our source and as our truth, and we know that. Um, if you've been in church more than a minute, you can find lots of different, uh, well, not even churches, but just religions and cults and everything just based on something that someone felt and decided to chase and, and brainwash everybody else to follow them. So um, what we, I know that sounds bad, but, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, so what we, what we believe here is that when we speak, when any, any of us, me or anybody else that speaks up here, we try in and of our you know, best to speak from the Holy Spirit, speak truth, and hopefully that resonates with you. Um, and we talk about sympathetic resonance, like two pianos on either end of the room, and you strike a chord, and the other one will hit the same key. The same way when we, when we speak, hopefully, Holy Spirit truth and the truth of the gospel, um, something should click in other believers, right? We should recognize that and digest it for what it is and renew our minds to what the truth is. So um, keep that in mind as we... Man, especially, and I hate using this terminology because it sounds real cliche about like the day and time as though we haven't had crazy times in the past, but I can't remember any time most recently that's been as crazy as it's been lately as far as everything that's going on in the world. Um, from and, and, and you can fill in the blank there of what that looks like to you. But for me, it was, uh, it was overwhelming. Like I talked about last week, I had to take a step back, and I was down like 55% on, on screen time. Uh, last Sunday, which was cool, I took a step back because I was finding that I didn't feel at peace, even though I knew I had peace. I did not feel at peace. Um, I was heartbroken seeing people being really ugly to other people, seeing relationships broken, seeing um, just people hurting other people, and it hurt me. 
Um, and I told you, Trace and I would just sit sometimes in bed and cry, and I'd have to, like, knock her phone out of her hand. <laughs> you know, like, stop looking at it, you know. It's just too much. It's too much right now. So there, there comes a time when we begin to feel these things that can help us recognize that something's wrong. Now, what we do with that, now that's up to us. So there were some things that maybe some perspectives that needed to change in me, okay, and I, I can deal with those things, but there were also some things where I felt like I wasn't being able to positively, positively affect some of the people that were that I was trying to, and, and the opposite was happening. They were really having a negative effect on me and my family. And so there were some boundaries that had to be created. And I'm not really good at creating boundaries because I really genuinely want everyone to, to, to feel this love of God and to feel this peace. And it doesn't mean that I withheld that, but it did mean that there were some boundaries that had to be made for my sanity. <laughs> and all, most of that was just taking a step back from social media because I was getting bombarded with just lots of different things, whether it was criticisms or, or just trying to pick fights for no other reason than just to argue, and I just, I can't, you know. Um, so, but there were emotions that were tied into that that helped me recognize that, right? So those things can help, they're just not sore. So what I did was, and I encourage you to, is go to the Word. Go to the Word, begin to meditate. Um, something we talked about Wednesday night um, in youth, one of the youth actually brought up meditation, and um, she said, which many of us thought, you know, meditation is just holding your fingers together and going, hmm, right? Meditation was always this real mystical thing that, that you know, I didn't know until I understood really what that meant. And uh, we talked a little bit about it Wednesday, but it stuck with me all week about meditating, meditating on the Word of God, that the Word of God is not just a historic book about a public figure that did some things, but it's the living Word, right? It's the living Word that we, we take in and we digest, and it, it gets deep inside of us, and it, it renews our mind, not the other way around. We're not just looking at it from an intellectual point, although we can, we can grasp some of that and it's good information, but we get it because it's the truth about you, right? God's speaking to you and to me. Not, it's not just a, a generic message to everyone. It's a personal message. And it's a personal message because he didn't just send his word, he sent his Holy Spirit, right? So when we, when we read the scripture and we recognize that we have this Holy Spirit, what we do is we begin to meditate on it. So when we meditate on the word, we... Um, we don't just try to knock out a couple verses or have a certain amount of quiet time. We don't try to regulate it down to a certain thing or, you know, I'm going to read all these books. And there's nothing wrong with memorizing scripture. It's always a good thing to do. But that in and of itself does not give you a healthy relationship the same way, you know, a, a relationship with your spouse or with your friends, if you check off a list of things to do, does not make you have a healthy relationship. A healthy relationship means you care about what you're reading. This has been a challenge with, uh, with me kind of going back into youth and teaching youth is trying to help them understand the value. It's not read these scriptures, you get candy, or you know what I mean, or not like uh, uh, do this because God will be mad if you don't kind of thing, but to actually help especially young people see the value in scripture to them, right, to, to, that they can receive it. Um, and so we've tried lots, a few different ways. We mo pretty much 100% of them said they don't understand scripture, so we basically gave them all uh, the message Bibles because it breaks it down a little bit easier. Don't rush the stage and tackle me because it's not... King James, but it was a way that I thought maybe maybe could help them, and I think that helped them a little bit, um, but it seems to have fallen off some of the, uh, what we talked about Wednesday, which I'm looking into now is maybe like a devotional that'll break it down even smaller so that it can help them, so um, I'm kind of getting off topic here, but we part of, part of doing that, let me get back on topic, is meditating on scripture and understanding what God feels for you daily. Um, what I want to talk about today, leading from, yeah, bless you, leading from last week as far as um, loving our neighbors and recognizing what that looks like and how that plays um, with our, not plays with our emotions, but can play off of our emotions. Uh, what I want to talk about this week is peace. Um, 
peace is something that I think most of us, if we're Christians, we will say, I have peace because I have Christ, right? Is it fair enough? I have peace. Um, but what I do find is, personally for me, and I think for many others, you don't always feel at peace. Does that sound accurate? Or, unless you guys 100% always feel at peace. Do you? Raise your hand. I want to have a conversation with you after church if you do. Okay. Yeah. What's your secret or why are you lying to everyone? One of those two things. One of those two things we need to talk about. Yeah, one or the other. I need to know one or the other. So, um, but there are times when I, and, and what I ran through in the last few weeks was I didn't feel at peace. Even though I knew that I had peace, I didn't feel at peace. And what it was is I was, I was allowing time to meditate on things that were not solid, that were not truth, that were not um, foundational in the kingdom of God. They were foundational maybe in the kingdom of anything, fill in the blank kind of thing, any other way, right? Um, so what I found was when I get back and, and get centered again, as, as we all do at times, and begin to see how clear Scripture is speaking directly to us, I began to see more peace. When I took a break from the things that I saw were not healthy in my life, um, I, I found more peace in those places. So uh, the thing we, we have to be careful of is not to determine what that looks like for other people. Um, because what we can do is then we can try to project. <laughs> we end up projecting our own issues on other people. Um, so that looks different for everyone. But for me personally, it, it just happened to be social media. So I took a step back from that. It may be something completely different for you. Um, so we're going we're gonna to start in John 14, John 14, 25. I'll read through um, and we'll kind of bounce around a little bit. We'll, we'll go to a few different places. But we're going to kind of focus on this, this, uh, this reality, not just an idea, but a reality of peace in our lives every day. And John 14, 25 says... Uh, all this I have spoken, spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. All right, I just want to pray real quick. Father, I just pray um, that your Holy Spirit speaks to us individually and corporately today. Lord, I pray that um, just as you've said here, you give us a peace, um, not a peace of as the world gives it, but as you give it, it's your peace. It's the same kind of peace that you have. That's my bad. I didn't check my batteries. Um, all right, I get to hold the mic. Huh? You didn't check these either. Good luck. All right, so uh, that's cool. Huh? We'll, we'll just go with it. Yeah, we got a third mic somewhere. We'll just keep going through them. All right. So, uh, so yeah, uh, what Jesus says he, he leaves is peace, right? Um, his peace he leaves with us, not uh, peace like the world would give us. Now, what's the difference? What do you think the difference is between the peace that, that Jesus left with us and the peace that the world would give? Anybody? It came from his heart, right? When he's greeting the saints, uh, they say, peace and grace be with you from the Lord Jesus Christ or whatever. But the Amplified says, God's very own heart peace. Right. It's like he takes a piece of his heart and goes, cheers. So if he's saying there's a difference, there's a contrast of his peace and the world's peace. Um, What I find is the world's peace is uh, both limited (laughs) and uh, circumstantial. So... Uh, the world's peace will say if your circumstances don't fit a certain criteria, then you can't have peace, right? Um, and that's what I see. That's what I was seeing a lot 
in in social media. I've got a very uh, diverse amount of fr- diverse friend group on social media, um, from Christians to very non-Christians, um, and I just saw lots of lots of brutal things being done on both sides, and it hurt. And what I saw was them trying, both sides were trying to find a very temporal and circumstantial peace. Um, I think this this can be the the very uh, core of most addictions is this idea that you can find some peace in something basically other than God. And so what I, Bill, me and Bill have had this conversation about the whole God-shaped hole so many times that, that we, we try to fill this and it can never be filled in any other way. So um, I think that trying to find peace in anything else um, not only leaves you lacking, um, but it also, especially as Christians, it can leave it can leave others lacking because they're a lot of times they're looking at where you're finding peace from. So when I began to see a lot of Christians just trying to find peace in all these other different areas, it hurt because I know the truth. The truth is that you won't find peace in any other kingdom but the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And so, with this, he didn't. I, I like how. Uh, I can't think of his name. He talks about, he calls it rules on rocks. Instead of rules on rocks, Lynn Hiles, instead of rules on rocks, um, he gave us his Holy Spirit, a relational Holy Spirit that can actually reveal to us day to day of what his heart is, the peace that he actually has for us. Um, let's jump over to Matthew 10, 5. It says, uh, this is Jesus sending out the 12, and it's in a couple different places. I'll read from both places, same story, uh, different perspective, but it kind of helps us see what's going on. Um, it says that, that these 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, do not, do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter into the city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of, of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And he goes on to say, don't bring any silver with you. Da, 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 verse 11. Now, whatever city town you go into, inquire who it is. Um, inquire who in it is worthy and stay there until you go out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But it, it, if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. Now, that sounds kind of harsh if a house is worthy. Now, uh, Luke says in a little bit different way. Um, both are, I think they're both saying the same thing, but there's a little bit lost in translation here. Uh, Luke 10.3 says, Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, uh, knapsack, that's backpacks for you kids, knapsack, or sandals, <clears throat> and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. Now, what I believe is being said here is you, especially with the, the last phrase in that freely you've received freely you give um especially then when <clears throat> what i see happen especially relationally relationally if we are operating from a separate kingdom from the kingdom of heaven we're operating from a similar system to a business and businesses run on roi does anybody know what roi is return on investment right so uh relationally if we're if we're looking at relationships as transactional and not free we are working on basically, we're trying to see some kind of return on investment here. Um, the times that I've been hurt in the past, and maybe you have been hurt, is when you have invested and loved people, and then for whatever reason, something happened, and the, the relationship was broken, and you're hurt because you feel like you've invested a lot in, and now you're hurt. And, and, and what, that, what, what that has done for me in the past, when I recognize that emotion of being hurt, 
it makes me realize that, okay, people are not my source, right? This is, this is one of those instances where emotions can trick you into thinking, okay, I've done something wrong or they've done something wrong or something, nothing's ever going to be resolved here. But if you recognize emotions for what they are and recognize that you're not looking for an ROI in relationships, you don't look, relationships aren't transactional. Um, we were talking in my office this morning about what actually brings people peace. And where we ended up is, um, uh, Brian mentioned something about loving your neighbor. Well, loving your neighbor brings peace. Well, how does loving your neighbor bring peace? If you, if you genuinely love your neighbor, not looking for anything in return, you are free from trying to, to have a transaction with them like they owe you something. That should bring you peace. What never brought me peace was anytime someone gave me something, they always expected something in return, and I always felt like I owed them something. And I didn't even know what I owed them, but I always felt indebted to them, right? The thing about God's love is it's like if, if I had $100 in my pocket and I gave $100 to Brad, um, he would be $100 in the positive, and I would be what? In the negative. I would be $100 in the negative. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I don't have $100, sorry. But if I did and I gave that to you, the fact is I would have 100 less dollars and he would have 100 more, okay? If I took another $100 and I gave it to him, now he would be 200 plus and I'd be 200 minus, right? Simple, okay? Well, that's not how relationships work in the kingdom. Where relationships work in the kingdom, he says freely give because you freely receive. So if now in the kingdom, if I gave him $100, I reach in my pocket, I've got another $100. I'm not negative. And I give him another one, I've got another one. And then I give uh, Doug 100 and I, I know, you're welcome. And then I reach in my pocket, I've got to, I'm, ne- I'm never negative in, in, with the kingdom, right? What? Don't tell Ramona. <laughs> I'll give Ramona 100 too. It's free. Are you not listening? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can give it to her. No. So does that make sense? So when we, when we enter into relationships, I think that's why Jesus, like I always talk about, Jesus would be the one you'd invite to a, to a birthday party, to a barbecue. Everyone want to hang out with Jesus, right? He, he, wasn't ever, he wasn't ever trying to break people down. And I think it's something that, religion has done over the years, especially my background, it was always, we always had to get rid of, of ourselves so that we could have Jesus. And I was like, how much of me do I have to give up? I mean, how many, how many times did I, did we all come get saved again <laughs> or whatever, or confess of something that we, we thought maybe might've been a bad thought in 1986 or something. And all these things that we were trying to, to, to take away when some of those things God could have actually used, right? That's the sad thing. Not all of them. There was some stupid stuff we probably did need to get rid of. But for the most part, I mean, like dreams and visions and things like that, that I always thought were all just dumb until I realized that, no, God speaks to me in lots of different ways, right? There were all these things that we always felt like we had to tear, like, like God had to tear us down to build us up. That's not how God works. God is just beneficial to you. Anything that you tear down is on your own. Now, if there's some things in your life that are tearing you down, it may be wise to get rid of those things. I mean, it's not a bad thing to do, but I don't think that we need to completely lose ourselves to receive Christ, and he doesn't preach that anywhere that I see. All he does is build people up constantly and gives of himself sacrificially. This whole kingdom of God thing, when he says, hey, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, what does it say? The, the, kingdom, is not, the kingdom of heaven is not uh, eat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy where? In the Holy Spirit. All he does is want to give you that. Here, I have righteousness, peace, and joy. Want it? You need some more? I have more. I don't, I'm, I'm, never, I'm never in the negative, and neither are you. So what we talked about this morning about loving your neighbor, how does that bring you peace? Because you never have to worry about being lacked. You never have to worry about lacking anything. If you, if you genuinely can love your neighbor in a way that the prototype, who is Jesus, who showed us that God and man could dwell together, if we love people like that, you're never, in light, you're never lacking. It says, uh, it says that Jesus fills all things in every way. 
What does that include? All things in every way, right? That sounds pretty good. So if you have that, if you recognize that, now what happens when we, like I said, we begin to lose our peace. We don't lose our peace. We genuinely don't lose it. But when we think and we feel like we don't have peace, what happens is we need to be reminded. This is why we meet here every Sunday. We remind each other that we're full in every way. We remind each other that we don't lack anything. We remind each other that um, God has not stopped loving you and he's not stopped giving you the love to give to other people. He's not waiting on you um, to jump through some hoop or, or, do, or do some certain thing that he's going to bless you. He's blessed you in every way in Christ already. I hope that you give because he's made you a giver. He's not waiting for you to give to bless you financially. Sorry. He's not. He wants, to, he wants to bless you in every way. In every way. All right, so how can we have peace and share peace when it's not, when it, when it, when it's not peaceful around us? Um, the example I have, I didn't, I didn't go to the scripture, but most of you know the story. It's when Jesus was on the boat and his disciples were there and he said, hey, we're going to go across this, we're going to go across this, was it a lake? River? Lake? It was water. So they're going to go across this body of water, and Jesus told them from the beginning they're going to the other side, right? So in the middle, there's a storm came, and what do they say? Jesus, don't you care about us? We're all going to die. And we can look at that and find it humorous, but if you were in the boat, you probably wouldn't find it very humorous. You would be saying, do you not even care about us? Do you not see this storm? Why was Jesus not concerned with it? He had already said they were going over there, right? But let's say the storm tossed him off into the water. He'd walk on water. <laughs> I mean, what he, Jesus was not concerned because the circumstances that were around him didn't, did, could not come inside of him. Okay, let me see how I can break, see how we can talk about this. Okay, so I think the times that we feel that we don't have at peace because there's no peace around us, we feel that, that we don't have the power to change our circumstances that are around us, and you do. Not only do you have the power to do it, you have the authority to do it if you carry Jesus with you. Now, hear me out. We are a very, we, me, I'll say me, you may not be. I am a very instant gratification type of person. I want to see results. I want to see ROI. I want to see something happen. You may or may not feel that way. The problem is God doesn't always work like that. He doesn't run on our tracks. We run on his. So what happens is when we recognize that we can change our circumstances, we need to be in tune with what he's doing. It goes back to meditating on the word. When we begin to to see that and recognize, and you guys hear me say, and it resonates in your spirit that you have power over the storms in your life, whatever is going on around you that seems chaotic, the whole world may be burning to the ground, and you can have peace. When you recognize that, that, that that's truth, and you begin to see it and live it and manifest it in your life, those results may not be instant. They may be, but they may not be. It's not up to you or me. It's up to you or me to believe the truth that it is. And from that place is our source, not our emotions and not how we react to the things that are going on around us. I made a post a few weeks ago, and I, I seriously tell my kids this all the time when they say things aren't fair. I tell them the fair is where you get chicken on a stick and you ride the Ferris wheel. Life is not fair. It's not going to be fair. It's going to be real unfair, okay? Life is not going to treat you well all the time. Get used to it. But there is a solution. There is an answer, and you can have it for free. <laughs> you don't have to pay $20 to try to throw some <laughs> ball and knock down some cups that are rigged. You can have the free, going back to the fair analogy, hang out with me. All right, so <clears throat> you, there's something that you can have for free, but, but you, you can only have it for free if you're willing to give it away for free. It doesn't work if it's stagnant. 
what we talked about this morning that I didn't even think of before we had the discussions. Why I love sometimes people just show up in my office early. I love having these discussions. Didn't even dawn on me how crucial and important it was. What I talked about last week plays into this week is that we find that freedom and we have that we find that peace when we love our neighbors. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. It didn't even dawn on me when I was thinking of peace because I know that peace is found in Christ. But the beauty of that is when we recognize it and we share it with our neighbors, it's manifest right in front of our faces. We see it. The thing about these disciples that were going out and he was talking about the peace resting on people and then coming back to them, um, it would be nice if everything was physical and we could see like the presence of God, like we could toss it and be like, oh, it rested on them. And I can see that and I know everything as well. But that doesn't always happen, does it? I mean, if it does, talk to me after church. I want to see how that, what that looks like. Um, but there, there have been times when, um, and, and from this, I can speak from my experience, kind of coming from a charismatic background where we would, we would see the manifest, the, the manifest um, presence of God. It would happen in our lives and we would feel something that was very real and tangible. Um, and instead of recognize it, recognizing it for a truth that was deposited in us some 2,000 years ago, we thought that we did it, and then we had to redo it over and over again. It was, we got it in reverse somehow. I don't know how we did that. Um, and so then we doubled up on the beats, and we got louder, and we, just, we, tried to, we tried to recreate this feeling that we had. It was a good feeling. It was a good thing that happened, but we were trying to do it on our own instead of recognizing that God did it the whole time. The beauty, the beauty of recognizing that is that it doesn't have to happen in here, Right? It can, and it does more often sometimes because we're in a corporate setting and we see it and we can recognize it. But the beauty of recognizing that, that it's a manifestation of God, not our own abilities, is because you can go out there and do it all day, every day. You can do it in your workplace. You can go to school. You can see God's love manifest in the people that are around you. You can see, you know, whatever you want to define as the miraculous right in front of your face at a gas station. When we saw a girl get healed she, was, she couldn't see out of one eye, and we were at a gas station pumping gas, and we saw her healed at a gas station. There was no music playing. There was no, you know, no butterflies in my stomach. There was nothing going on there except for God moving and working and us recognizing that we carried something inside of us that was greater than the circumstances that were around us. We said, the kingdom of God is at hand. I want to give it to you. What, what precedes healing the sick, raising the dead, and casting out demons? The kingdom the kingdom. Here it is. It's, it's right here. <laughs> I have it. I can, I can give it to you, and I lack nothing. And then I can give it to you, and I lack nothing. And you can give it to somebody else, and you lack nothing. <laughs> that, that is peace. So there's been times um, when uh, I've, been, I've been accused of being more apathetic towards certain cir- circumstances and situations when I was actually at peace I wasn't apathetic towards those things. I just didn't react in a way that someone else expected me to react. Have y'all ever been in a position like that? So someone would come, someone would come to, I'll give you a hypothetical that's actually a true story, but I'm not going to name any names. So it's not a hypothetical. Okay, so <clears throat> I'll, just, I'll just leave it anonymous. I had someone come to me and wanted, you know, express their stress and their worry and their fear and their anxiety, and I cared for this person, and I wanted to help them. Um, and in doing so, I... I tried my best to give them the only answer I knew, which was, a, and, you know, the best that I could was a biblical answer, was a, a scriptural answer, was a God answer, was a Holy Spirit-led answer, and they weren't satisfied with that. They wanted me to be more angry, more frustrated, more, you know, whatever they were feeling, they wanted me to feel, and 
that's a very difficult thing when you care for people and you want them to understand that you, you, you're trying to see what they're seeing and feel what they're feeling, but at the same time you have the solution to it you're trying to give them, but you're not reacting in a way that they want you to react. Have you all ever had that happen? That's happened to me a few times. And what I find is I, I don't know what, I, I find myself lost in a place where if I was to step back into a life like that, I would be negating the peace that God has given me. So if I was to react in a way that certain people would expect me to react, I would be completely washing away everything that I know to be true about the gospel and about the good news of, of what Jesus did. And I've lived, I lived half my life like that, and I can't go backwards, right? I can't, I can't step back into a place and go, okay, uh, and you, you guys know me, I've talked about before when I was trying to debate with an atheist friend of mine and, and try to look at things objectively. You can't look at things objectively when you're a son, <laughs> when you've been adopted into the family. And I tried... To, uh, you, you talk about frustrating, trying to, trying to be something that you're not. You can't. That's, this whole thing isn't something. It's not. That's the beauty in, in that miserable year and a half <laughs> was that I recognized that I can't separate myself from God. Like no height, no death. It's like, it's like I said that somewhere. But, but I genuinely <laughs> said something about that, like we can't separate, something like that. But, I, I, but for me, I had to go through a year and a half of trying to debate with someone to realize that I can't look at things objectively. I can, I can care enough to try to see things from, from your perspective, but if I have the answer, I can't, I can't, I can't get back to a place where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue about it. All I can do is love you and give you the answer. And I don't expect anything in return. I'm giving it to you free, and that's it. That's really the, all that we can do. I mean, genuinely. You got a mic. I mean, I'm you got power. Check. If your batteries are good. It's, yeah. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, you, you are flowing instinctively with what the Word already says. The, the verse that we should always carry with us when somebody's asking us to be really wound up is, He says, do not be anxious about anything. Right. But in everything, with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present our request to God. And then the peace of God, which Surpass. transcends all understanding, will guard our heart, let's notice that, and our minds in Christ Jesus. Yep. We're not called to stress, we're called to trust. Right. And faith... Something that, that, I'll springboard off of that. Uh, um, <clears throat> something I struggled with for a while, too, was the amount of faith that I had. It's not the amount of faith. We know that it's a mustard seed, so it's where you place your faith, right? So we know that our, our faith placed in Jesus is in, good, in a good place. We know that if he says we're going to make it to the other side, it doesn't matter what happens in between. We're going to make it to the other side. Um, I, I probably butcher her name, Jairus, her, his, Jairus' daughter, um, Jairus, Jair, Jairus, whatever her name is. <laughs> Jay. <clears throat> anyway, when when Jesus said she's not dead, she's just sleeping. Well, was she sleeping or was she dead? It doesn't matter. When Jesus said it, she was just sleeping and now she's alive, right? That's the kind of authority that Jesus had. When Jesus was in the boat, he knew that the storm couldn't defeat him, so he took a nap. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> seems logical to me, right? But But what was going around, the circumstances that were going on around them, the disciples didn't get it yet. They didn't quite get that yet. They didn't understand that that was the type of, the type of Jesus that they were dealing with was the real deal. Like he was the Son of God, and He was who He said He was. They wanted to believe it. It's the, it reminds me of a story. Um, somebody told me a long time ago that it was. Uh, is it raining? I hope I hope my cardboard. I hope our cardboard on this AC holds up. No, so <clears throat> we put a lot of duct tape on it. it should be good. So uh, it reminds me of a story. Uh, it was a guy. I'll probably butcher this story. I heard a long time ago, um, but it was a guy that would would 
go across. It was some big gap, like the Grand Canyon or something, like a tightrope act or whatever. And he would go across it, and there was a big crowd over there, and they all cheered for him. And he said, how many of you guys believe I could do that again? Everybody cheered. Yeah, raise your hand if you believe I could do that again. They all raised their hand. And they brought out a wheelbarrow, and he said, okay, how many want to get in the wheelbarrow, and I'm going to run you across here. And they all dropped their hand. <laughs> There's a big difference between believing someone else can do something and really believing that, that it can act, actually happen, right? Um, in the same way, when we say, okay, well, I see Jesus do all these things, but that's Jesus, that's not me. What I say a minute ago, you can't separate. Once you have him, you have him. Um, what Jesus was demonstrating to us was that the power that he carries, we carry. He was letting us know that when, you, when he says, I only, I only do what I see the Father do, I only say what I see the Father say, I only, <laughs> we talked about, I, I speak in rap terminology because I grew up listening to rap, I only spit what I see the Father spit, anyway. We were joking around about that this morning. So, <clears throat> so in the same way, that's all you. That's all your. That's all that's expected of you is to receive from the Father and give it to those that are around you. To to share the good news, to freely receive and freely give. This thing is simple. It's not complicated. When we talk about loving our neighbor, it's not. It's not trying to break yourself down or tear yourself down. It's building other people up with an abundant supply of of love, generosity, <laughs> um, righteousness, peace and joy, I mean, out of a bucket that never ends. It's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like a never-ending river or something. We should, <laughs> all right, we could just, <laughs> we could just rattle off Scripture back to back to back up here, and I don't have to say anything. What I'm saying is, recognize, recognize that you've been giving something. You, you, we, we always talk about you can't, have, money is just an easy thing to use. You can't give away $1,000 if you don't know you have $1,000, right? So recognize that you carry the Holy Spirit so that you can give it freely. Recognize that God is good or the one you're representing is not going to be represented well and nobody's going to want to talk to him. If you, treat it, if, you, if, you, if you don't display the goodness of God in everything that you do, people aren't going to say, hey, I want what you have. They're going to be like me and say, I don't want to have anything that you have. When some of the churchgoers that I saw were, were not nice to me at all. Um, peace is not apathy. It is knowing that no matter how close a storm gets, it can't touch you. Um, it does not have the authority. And I know, <clears throat> and I know we, we, going back to the thing about Jesus having it, well, that's Jesus. Well, no, it's not just Jesus. It, it's you and I. We have that kind of peace, and it's internal. It's not external. And he said he gave, and it's clear that we have it because he says, I do not give you the peace that the world gives you. I give you what? Whose peace? my peace. He gives you his peace. What kind of peace did Jesus have? We just saw him on a boat sleeping. That's the kind of peace that you get. Sleep on the boat. <laughs> you get sleep on the boat peace. Um, all right. I, we kind of already talked about this. I skipped ahead. Why don't we always feel at peace? Um, Philippians 4, 8. You don't have to turn there. It's, I'm just, it's a short verse. You can if you want to or jot it down if you want to go back to it. Uh, Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, good report, if there's any virtue, <clears throat> if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So how do we, <clears throat> how do we recognize that we have this peace? You have it. It's not... It's not running in and out of you. It's like we know the Holy Spirit's not leaping in and out of your body. This peace, this kingdom is not jumping around, intimidated by you and every dumb thing that you or I do. 
Um, the peace is the same way. It's always there. So how do we recognize it? It says it clear right here. Meditate on it. Meditate on the good things. Meditate on the good report. Meditate on all the things that Jesus said and did. Meditate on his character. Meditate on his love for you. Meditate on those things. And from those things, you'll find your source, right? You'll find the truth. Your emotions will begin to lead you into the place that you can see what is actually happening in your life and in the lives around you. Don't look, don't look for an ROI in everything. <laughs> don't look for when am I going to get something back out of this? Just give it. You, you talk about peace, freedom, just give it. You're not, you're not locked in to other people's realistic or unrealistic expectations. You're not locked into other people's opinions or their non-opinions. You care enough that you, you just love people just right where they are. Kind of like, I don't know, Jesus did. I mean, kind of like that, right? You can just do that. All right. Don't meditate on the garbage the world is throwing at you. <laughs> meditate on the good, on the praiseworthy, on the lovely. There's power in peace. Not the world's peace, but Jesus' peace, the peace that he gave you, his peace, the sleep in the boat peace. Meditate on that. Meditate on the reality that you carry something inside you that's greater than what's... There's another verse. I could go there. What's inside you is greater than everything that's going on around you. I'm, that's my updated version of it. By Wakiza New Living Translation. All right, so just want to encourage you, as, as the world throws everyone else's fears, anxiety, opinions, um, objections, attacks, whatever you want to call it, uh, offenses, look, go to where the foundation is. Go to where the truth is. Always find the truth right, right where it is clear and where it's not shaken by everything that's going on around us. The beauty of that is you can begin to affect the people that are around you and not the other way around. So when we talk about healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries doesn't mean you cut everybody off. It just means you recognize those that where you can send your peace and you see it rest and those where your peace doesn't rest and you can move on and give it to somebody else that will receive it. It's not up to you to determine what that looks like. You can't force it down anybody's throat. When I first got saved, I wanted to slap everybody. <laughs> I mean, genuinely, I wanted to shake everybody. I grew, I grew up fighting a lot, so my default was to punch people, I guess. But my default, when I would tell people about the gospel and the good news, um, I was excited, ignorant, <laughs> I, you know, but I wanted everyone to see and feel what I saw and felt. And I don't know if you've experienced this. Many of us have. I wanted to go out and just, you, you got you to gotta get, you got to see this. And they, when they didn't, I just wanted to shake them. But you have to see it. I didn't really have anything to tell them other than you got to see what I see. Um, or lead them down a Romans road and not really know what I was talking about. But, um, but, but I really want to shake people. So what I realized in all that is the, the parable about uh, casting seeds, people will debate that over and over about what that's about. To me, it's just like very clear, don't worry about the results. It's not up to you. You throw the seeds, water if you can water, and God brings the increase. Throw seeds. Throw as many seeds as you can throw. Let God do the rest. Don't negate the Holy Spirit. He's a big boy. All right, stand up with me. I'm going to pray for you guys. Let y'all go get out in the rain. You're welcome, Doug. You can keep, you can keep that imaginary $100. <coughs> I won't tell Ramona. <coughs> We're live streaming. All right. <laughs> I won't tell Ramona that. No. Father, I just thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you that we can, <coughs> even as we talk about money, um, because it, we recognize that it has value, we recognize that you have more value than that. 
And so when we, when we use these as analogies, um, they're very limited, just like we were talking about the, the peace that the world has to offer is circumstantial and limited. Your peace is not. Um, your love is not. Your joy is not. Your righteousness is not. Everything that you give us is not limited. You fill everything. You fill all things in every way. So, Father, help us lean into your fullness. Um, when we find those times when we're hurt or when we feel like we're falling or we're lacking or um, we, we feel like we don't have peace, Lord, help us to see and meditate on the truth of what you say about us. Lord, what you say about us is the truest thing about us. Lord, you say that we are righteous because of you, that we are at peace because of you, and you, do, you don't give us some, some false sense of peace. You give us real peace. So, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that we, uh, we can call you Daddy. Um, and you call us sons and daughters, and you were proud of us, and you were thankful for us, and we are thankful for you. So, Lord, in thanksgiving, we leave this place, and we share the good news. In Jesus' name, amen.